Good afternoon, Endicott College. I'm Megan. And I'm Shannon. And this is Flick Chicks on EC Radio at Endicott College. On this sunny September day, we will be discussing the movies, TV, and media we love and why we love them so much. We'll also be discussing this week in popular culture, including the Emmys, the Breaking Bad movie, and Noah Schnapp from Stranger Things. And at the end of our half hour, you'll hear our very first film review on the Oscar-winning film Lady Bird. Now, to begin our show, we're going to go to Shannon with the pop culture update. Okay, big week in pop culture this week. The 71st Emmys took place on last Sunday. First of all, Amy Adams once again found herself leaving the Emmys empty-handed after losing in the lead actress in a limited series category. Boo! Amy Adams fans across the globe were losing their minds over the fact that her performance in Sharp Objects was not rewarded with an Emmy. Miss Adams has endured a long history of award show snubs, including six Oscar snubs. Amy Adams is truly one of the best actresses in Hollywood, in my opinion. Yeah. She, her performance in Sharp Objects was... Phenomenal. Phenomenal. If no, if no one has seen Sharp Objects, it's definitely something you should watch. Real quick and easy, like mm-hmm. six to eight episodes, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and each episode's only like an hour. Her performance is just amazing. It's, she does, she, you know, you look at her and she seems so, like, sweet, you know, um, strawberry blonde hair, very mm-hmm. nice looking woman. And in this show, she goes so dark. And she's just such an anti-hero, which is always something people like to see, I think. Yeah, she truly brings life to her character, Camille. Yeah. She, she Amy Adams it. is always being snubbed. She kills it. Make her the next Leonardo DiCaprio. Where yeah, let's Oscar? start her uh, Oscar campaign <laughs> <laughs> for Amy Adams. Um, in other Emmy news, Bill Hader won Best Actor in a Comedy Series. As we enter this fall of 2019, we truly are living in Bill Hader season. Amen. Bill Hader is thriving with a total of 21 Emmy nominations from both Barry and his show Documentary Now. Congratulations, Mr. Hader. Your Emmy win and nominations are very, very well deserved. Welcome to Bill Nation. Bill Nation. We should start, this is a good way to insert now that we have such a love for Bill Hader. Bill Hader And this is going to be a hero. theme throughout yes, the show, I think. Yes, prepare yourself, yes. Bill Hader is just a ray of sunshine. So talented. He truly is. So, he's so human. I feel like if you watch interviews, like, you can just tell. He's just a normal guy. Yeah, and he's been very open with his anxiety, which I know has helped many yes. people suffering the same thing. a lot of people thing. really respect that about him. I yeah. just think he's hilarious, and he's yeah. so talented. And in It Too, uh, his performance, phenomenal. Oh, yeah. What do we think about It Too? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, everyone rush to the theaters. Go get your tickets before it is out of theaters. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going out soon. I checked the, the times today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But speaking of shows that get a lot of nominations, it's time to talk about Game of Thrones. Boo. <laughs> now, after going home with 12 Emmy wins and 37 nominations just from this Emmys, the season, which was most recent, was actually one of the most disliked, and a lot of people had a lot of issues with it. So basically what this all culminates in is the question, is Game of Thrones overrated? The answer is yes, in my opinion. <laughs> I just, Game of Thrones, it's good. It, it really shocks me how many people like it because it's so layered and so complex. And I feel like in, in this day and age, people like things that are quick and easy. Yeah. So it's like shocking to me that so many people love it. But like, I feel like it's, this whole Game of Thrones winning Emmys thing is 
a case of, oh, well, this is popular, so it has to win exactly. something. Exactly. It's kind of, it's very much HBO is the powerhouse of TV these days, which you'll see a lot in the Emmys nowadays. A lot of HBO shows. Barry is an HBO show, won a few Emmys. Yeah. And so is Game of Thrones. And I feel like at this point, it's very much, oh, Game of Thrones, it's popular. It has this reputation. It deserves Emmys. Exactly. And it was like, it's like, oh, well, this is the last season, so we might as well just give it to them. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know... But, you know, I, I can't say my opinion is too valid. I never even watched all of Game of Thrones, nor did I watch the last season. I watched up to, like, season five, so... You know, it's great. I'm not saying that Game of Thrones isn't great, because it's truly amazing. But who thinks it's okay to write a final season when the last book isn't even out yet? It's like ridiculous. You're not going to do better than George R. R. Martin. You're no. just not going to achieve that and even the cast was kind of like over this yeah, they season. were like oh okay they were very public about that i mean the starbucks incident with the starbucks cup in the back well regardless congratulations to game of thrones for <laughs> taking home the outstanding series title and also congratulations to fleabag for taking home the outstanding Woo! series in a comedy we love fleabag i feel like fleabag does not get enough credit at least definitely underrated definitely underrated i think more people need to watch it it's such an easy watch two seasons like yeah. eight episodes season two really was a banger it was really good i oh god i just love highly guy. recommended phoebe waller bridge a star <laughs> a true woman so in the last of our emmy news Billy Porter made history at the Emmys and looked phenomenal while doing so, if I may say so myself. He always does. He always does. He became the first openly gay black man to win in the category of lead actor in a drama series. We love that. King of red carpet dress, Mr. Porter was wearing a perfectly extra hat, shaped like <laughs> a sort of abstract watering can. <laughs> he proved himself truly iconic as he stormed the stage, proclaiming, oh my god, I gotta read, I gotta read. <laughs> Oh my god, he's so funny. If you don't know, Billy Porter is on the TV show Pose, which mm -hmm. is through FX, I think? Yes, through uh, FX. Ryan Murphy. Ryan um, Murphy, director wrote, of wrote Glee and American yeah, Horror Glee, Story. Glee, American Horror Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. That's right, yeah. He's an, an incredible powerhouse yes. in the business right now. His shows are incredible. But Billy Porter, in this Billy last Porter. season of Pose, I don't know if anyone's watched it, but... Um, it, it's gotten dark this past season, and Billy Porter is really uh, popping off. Yeah. Really doing an outstanding job. Billy Porter is just, like, he's breaking so many boundaries and, like, barriers and, like, Absolutely. you know, red carpets. Like, all of his outfits, like, in Billy red Porter carpet season. Billy Porter is the guy you see on your Instagram feed, and you're like, oh, I know that guy. That's the guy that is always looking good. Exactly. But, like, no one knows who he actually is. So watch Pose. Yeah, get to know him. He's a really interesting guy. He is. Very intriguing. Yes. And the next piece of social media we'll be talking about today is the Breaking Bad movie, much anticipated. So the trailer for the new Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, dropped this week. Our boy Jesse Pinkman is back and more rugged than ever, adorned in more scars and grime. The trailer takes place immediately after the series finale of Breaking Bad, which is very interesting. So they're picking up right where they left off. Interesting. It's interesting yes. how many uh, movies are coming out based off TV shows, like Downton yeah. Abbey. Well, this one actually has the same uh, director as the TV show. Oh. So a lot of fans were kind of nervous that like it was going to be... Not too good, but 
because it has the same director, they kind of, they have faith again. Yeah, that it'll connect. Okay. And then our next piece of pop culture is that one of Hollywood's favorite teens, Noah Schnapp, star of Stranger Things, will be celebrating his 15th birthday on October 3rd. Yay! That's Happy birthday, Noah. <laughs> next Thursday? Yeah, yeah, next Thursday is Noah Schnapp's birthday. I think he is truly one of the best actors in Stranger Things. Very under underappreciated. Yes. Overshadowed by Millie Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard. But Noah Schnapp, he pops off. A true prince. I hope 15 isn't as awkward for you as it was for the rest of us. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to move on to the topic of our episode, which is what we call our quote-unquote content grind, which Mm -hmm. for normal people, I would describe it as, uh, you know, how much content we consume in a span of time. So how many movies, TV shows, you know, podcasts, things that we consume. Because, you know, the goal is to consume as much as possible so that you stay up to date and you know, keep keep your senses sharp, I guess. Exactly. It's like a game show where no one wins. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with just talking about how we started mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the movie business, I suppose. So I guess it all began our freshman year of high school, um, where we watched this little British TV show called Skins. I don't know if anyone's heard of that. <laughs> a true piece of beauty, Skins. <laughs> Skins is, you know... A show about a bunch of British teenagers getting into a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very raunchy. Yeah, very, very raunchy, especially for some innocent freshmen in high school. We were were (laughs) stoked. We were like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, And it has, like, a lot of stars in it, too. Dev Patel, who was the star of Slumdog Millionaire, uh, Lion, movies like that, he was in it. Um, Nick Holt, who was the zombie in Warm Bodies. Um, And... I think, most importantly, Daniel Kaluuya was a mm-hmm. very small part in Skins, but is the star of Get Out, and is now, yes. like, super famous. Very famous. Rose to the top. A lot of really good roles for him, so I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Since our favorite characters never had careers after Skins. His character, like, had maybe, like, ten lines in the yeah. whole series. He and was you very... couldn't decipher a single word he said. Yes, very unintelligible, but... Yeah. Um, so, Skins was our beginning... We watched it together. I remember distinctly watching the season finale <laughs> on the phone with Shannon, who already knew what was going to happen. Yeah, I spoiled no spo- myself. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, but we were on the phone when a certain character got the chop. Yeah, and he bit it. Got the chop. And <laughs> it was like, a truly actually, traumatic moment. Yeah, and, and we were on the phone, and I yeah. we talked for like two hours after that. Skins was one of the first TV shows where I actually like felt like emotion like yeah, like real raw emotion like very upset like couldn't like get characters off my mind for weeks yeah. it was very yeah that really started it and then yeah. I guess we kind of fell off the map a little bit after that we had other things to worry about I suppose mm-hmm. but junior year we reunited a little bit and um the first movie I remember us watching together was Unbroken which is yes. starring Jack O'Connell uh, who is also in Skins, which mm-hmm. is why we watched Unbroken. Um, and it follows the story of um, the American Olympian slash World War II vet Louis Zamperini. Um, and so we watched that together, and that kind of started it all. So we watched Unbroken together, and that um, 
And then we watched Black Mirror. Oh, yes. You got me into Black Mirror. Black Mirror. And that was another one that, like, we would talk a lot about. Yes. Like, we had a lot of TV shows that we would watch um, the episodes, like, in unison and then text about them. Mm -hmm. Um, Godless was another TV show that was a TV show uh, also starring Jack (laughs) O'Connell. Um, about cowboys of all things, yeah. and we were like, "Oh, this is kind of an adult show. But it was maybe a I'll like it." But it was really good. Yeah, it, it got nominated for Emmys. For Emmys, and I think it won a few. Yeah. Um. Oh, it wasn't Jeff Bridges, isn't it? it is is he? I always get confused. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. The old man got. <laughs> yeah, he he won. <laughs> and it's interesting that you see, like, we really started with like mini series more than movies. Like, it was much yeah, more like TV a lot shows. More TV. Easily di- digestible. And like. then we also would watch things just based off celebrities we liked, <laughs> yeah. which leads me to a big topic, which is Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Uh, a, a movie we're known for on campus yes. now. Absolutely. Um, as it being our favorite movie, that's a movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. 2001 cult classic, yes. Donnie Darko. Um, What's there to say about Donnie Darko that it doesn't say for itself? Honestly, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it besides a, a young man who has some issues and uh, starts seeing a man in a rabbit suit who tells him that the world's about to end. A truly fascinating plot. Yeah, very intriguing. It breaks a lot of boundaries, I think. Yeah, and, and it goes places tropes. you don't expect. Yeah, like you're 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 second guessing every time. Yeah. So that that movie is another vivid memory I have where we were in Shannon's living room, mm-hmm. like screaming, talking the whole time, like what's going on? Like <laughs> this is so good. How have we never seen this before? Yeah. And another part of that story is. Um, in Donnie Darko, a plane or a plane turbine crashes into his house, um, right into his room, mm-hmm. and so that's just a plot point in the movie. But during that day that we watched Donnie Darko, a plane crashed in our town. Yes. So we are relatively small and yeah. relatively close to where we were. Yeah. We heard like fire engines and police sirens, and we we're like, hmm, "What's going on?" Yeah. So we like finish our movie and check online, and it's like. Oh, plane crashes in Woburn, Massachusetts. And we were like, what? <laughs> no way. Yeah, it was a very crazy experience. It really pulled the whole experience together, I exactly. think. Exactly. It made it very iconic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Donnie Darko is definitely a staple in our content history. Um, another movie that we always love to talk about is Hot Summer Nights. Hot Summer Nights. Uh, starring Timothy Chalamet. A favorite. Always. Oh, another favorite. A yes. Bill Hader type favorite. Yes. We love Timothy Same Chalamet. Same tier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that movie is Timothy Chalamet in the late 80s. I believe late, late 80s, 80s, early 90s. 90s. Uh, Cape Cod. Yes. And it's about his the hot the hot summer, summer nights, nights i suppose the hot summer nights uh, it's genuinely not a very good movie yeah no it's not but great. but i appreciate what they tried to do with it i believe it was an a24 i'm not sure it, it definitely was an a24 yes it had that a24 feeling to it for yeah. sure it was um, very indie yeah so it wasn't very good but that also brought us very close together that yes. movie um and so from there i think we got this funny little app called Letterbox, which I think really sealed the deal on our on our movie extravaganza because 
So Letterboxd is an app where you make movie reviews and, you know, write down what movies you've watched and mm-hmm. such. So then we became absolute Letterboxd fiends. And, yes. like, every day we'd be on there, like, oh, what are we going to watch next? And, you know, Shannon's yeah. racking up some Letterboxd yeah, followers Yeah, I'm up as to 10 speak. followers. So. Not, to, not to flex on you guys like that. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Letterboxd is kind of a, like, under-the-ground it's, I wouldn't call it a social media platform, but it's... No. It's where the app's kind of glitchy. It's very but niche. Yes, it and, is. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting, because you get to see... It's it's similar to scrolling through YouTube comments <laughs> on, like, a movie trailer, yeah. but they're just all about the movie Some of the watching. reviews are so hilarious. Yeah. It, it, you either get, like, essays about, like, the cinematography alone, <laughs> and then sometimes you'll just get a two-line thing that's, like... Timothy Chalamet looked great in this movie. Yeah. Like, 10 out of 10. It's great. It's a nice mix. Yeah. So that's pretty much how we got started. And so since then, we have continued on this content journey, watching as many movies as we can, always talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we have the show, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. This show is basically a culmination of everything you just heard about our history. Exactly. So now we'll we're, we kind of want to talk about the effects that the content grind has, whether you can relate or not. Yeah, um, I mean, in this day and age, everyone binge watches on Netflix, and that comes with some clear negatives. You yes. know, spending forty eight straight hours on Netflix and yeah. like the emotional toll after having binge watched a series. It almost takes away the binge watching because you're not watching with a fresh pair of eyes if you've been watching for like. 12 exactly. hours straight you're, you're kind of like you're not critically yeah. watching anything <laughs> you're just taking it all in yeah um you know a lot of people would say that's it's a waste of time to dedicate your time to movies and stuff like yeah. that um and it, you know it makes you kind of lazy you waste your money on movie theater tickets yeah, and which are very and expensive nowadays yeah it's it's all very expensive and yes. um mm. So we we had this little um, subscription to showcase because in our yes, hometown our local movie theater our local showcase cinemas, um, and so it would give you like three free movies uh, a, a month. month. Yeah. But the issue was there was nothing good out. Yeah. So we would go see the worst <laughs> movies. <laughs> Not to pop off and call them out, but isn't, isn't it romantic? romantic? Starring yeah. Rebel Wilson. Not a great um, one. The Sun is also a star. Yeah. It wasn't great. Five feet apart was god awful, but yeah. we had such a good time. Yeah, sometimes the bad movies make for a fun yeah. experience. Cold Sprouts just really gets my goat. Yeah, that was a great, <laughs> great little movie to make. Yeah, so that was kind stuff. of a waste of money, waste of time. We would always yeah. like just give up tickets. Because... Although sometimes when you would go see the movies you expected to be bad, you would be really they, surprised yeah, they'd be how really good, good they were. Shazam! Shazam! <laughs> Don't even talk to me about Shazam. <laughs> That'll come in another yes, episode. Yes, Megan has a strong emotional attachment to I that really film. love Shazam. So, <laughs> uh, more negatives about content grind. A lot of people don't get it. Yeah. N- non-movie people are like, oh, you know. People that don't like movies. Yeah, they think it's like a waste of time yeah. to dedicate <laughs> so much of your time. Yeah. Which I guess, like, you know, that can really get to you sometimes. Because you're like, I guess I am kind yeah, of wasting you, you my time. Yeah, because you kind of second guess who you are as a person. Yeah. Um... And I think one big issue me and Shannon have a lot is, like, 
one of us will watch a movie mm-hmm. and then go, oh my god, Shannon, like, you have to watch this movie I just watched. It changed my life, made me so emotional. It was really good. And then two hours later, Shannon will text me and go, eh, I don't really like it that much. <laughs> yeah, when you get the <laughs> I watched it text without any caps, yeah, you know, that, it's not good. That either. heartbreaking moment when she yeah. says, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, it's a yeah. tough, it's a tough situation. It's sad. So then you feel a little alone yeah. in your love. That's how I feel about Mad Men. Yeah, I <laughs> no know. No one gets my love of Mad Men. Yeah, it's kind of like you're in your own little your own little microcosm. Yeah, I truly am. Yeah. But, you know, there's always positives of to our content, Of course, and the right? positives definitely outweigh the negatives. Um, I don't want to say that we're, quote-unquote, cultured or anything. <laughs> I think that's a stretch. Yeah. But I feel like staying up-to-date with movies, especially the big ones, you know, Spielberg mm-hmm. movies, yes. big franchises. Tarantino. Tarantino. You really get a sense of Hollywood. I feel yeah. like it's such an expansive market. And so when you start dedicating a lot of time to movies, it's like you're kind of getting an inside peek at what's going on. And it's also an art form. You're being stimulated. Yeah. It's like going to a museum and looking at Van Gogh paintings. Exactly. Every frame is a painting. The issue is you have to watch movies of merit for that. Yeah. If you want that experience. If you want... Yeah, you if can't you want watch that artistic Mama Mia. experience. <laughs> yeah, Mamma Mia is not your Van Gogh <laughs> painting. I'm so sorry. Um... But yeah, and it keeps you up to date. I mean, movies and popular culture are very... Very much aligned. Yeah, very much aligned. So it's it's always good to stay up to date. Stay up to date with the news. Yeah. Pop culture, Keep you know. up to date. Twitter moments. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, movies connect people, like me and Shannon. I don't think exactly. we would be as close. nearly yeah. as close as we are without movies. Um, so, you know, it brings people together. Like, when you find out that someone you know had, loves a movie that you love, then it's suddenly instant it's... instant bond. Exactly. It's something yeah. to talk about. And even the vibe in, like, a movie theater when everyone's loving the movie, it's just such a, like, nice environment. Yeah. It's always fun. Oh, we love a, like, an active audience. Yeah. Favorite. And overall, I think just watching movies is enjoyable. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a it's a distraction. Stress reliever. Stress reliever. Escapist yeah. kind of deal. And it, it's just fun to do, you know, when you have an hour between classes and you're like, I guess I'll put on cabaret. Like, yeah, exactly. When you watch <laughs> a good movie, me. it's a nice little breath of fresh air. Exactly. Um, so I guess to wrap up the topic of this week... Um, this is why we're here to yeah. talk about movies. That's why we love them, why we hate them. They rule our life. They waste our time. but We they, love it. Yeah, but they become part of your personality, yeah. you know? It's something... It becomes a part of you. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why we love movies. Indeed. It's good stuff, and we hope you love movies too, too. and that's why you're here listening, unless yes. you're my mom and you're <laughs> here to support me. We but love that too. Shout out Julie. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, so that's why we're here, and I feel like that was a good talk, guys. Good talk. Okay, now on to this week's review of the Oscar-winning movie, Lady Bird. Indeed. So this week I watched Lady Bird, uh, 2017 Oscar-nominated. Um, it's a coming-of-age tale directed by Greta Gerwig, who is soon dropping the revival of Little Women, starring our man Timothy Chalamet, yes. Saoirse Ronan, Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie, Lady Bird, follows the hectic senior year of a young girl named Lady Bird, 
uh, self-named <laughs> Lady Bird, uh, who is played by Sir Ronan. Mm-hmm. Um, some other stars in the movie include Laurie Metcalf, who plays her mother, Lucas Hedges, who plays a boyfriend, and Timothy Chalamet, who plays, I suppose, another boyfriend. Um, this feature was done by A24, has a really good Rotten Tomatoes score of 99%, and made $78.6 million in the box office. So let's talk about it. <laughs> so I watched this movie probably, I think in 2017 when it was yeah. Oscar season, and I was like, I need to watch this. So I, I watched it with my mom, and we both were just kind of like, this is kind of weird, and Shannon had been raving about it, and I was like, eh, it's all right. It was very much a situation of I get the text that's like, it was okay. Yeah, and I it was, was like, exactly oh, that. Okay. So I, but then I was looking through movies for this episode to review, and I was thinking something, you know, back to school related, a little college, high school related, and Lady Bird seemed like the perfect option. I was like, okay, let's give it a, a second try. And the second time I watched it was a complete 180. I was entirely inspired, enthralled, touched. It just hit completely different. Um, so critically, obviously, amazing. It, it was, it's beautiful. I yeah. mean, the movie right from the start really gives you a look into the time period. It's in mm-hmm. 2002, which, a palindrome, <laughs> 2002, a palindrome, um, which for us is not really a time period at all. We yeah. were born then, but like, yeah, it's an important time in history because it's right after 9-11 and there's really this huge gap between millennials and baby boomers I mean millennials are just becoming teenagers and their parents aren't really getting them and so that's the whole relationship between Lady Bird and her mother is this generational gap um and then throughout the movie you see a lot of teenagers being influenced by their parents so you know people will be in conversation and they'll be like oh well my mom says that this that and the other thing and it's like something really dark and political that a teenager wouldn't really talk about and they, yeah. they go yeah that's what my mom says anyway I'll see you later yeah and it's very like dismissive yeah it's very showing of how much your parents really affect you mm-hmm. um and then also throughout the movie it talks about some really um big budget topics like mental illness yeah. and abortion and stuff like that poverty poverty yeah exactly yeah. um you know rich and poor like yeah. there's this one line she says uh, i'm from the other side of the tracks yeah trying to be kind of dramatic about it but it's really like it hits her mom it's like suburban right. poverty yeah like. exactly so that that's critically i mean it's also the cinematography is beautiful yeah um, a very nice plot layout yeah it, it flows nice really structure. well yeah um so then, from a more normal person standpoint, it's relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's frustrating. I mean, Lady Bird is a very flawed character. Yeah. And so you want her to not be as selfish as she is, and you want her to see what she's doing to other people. Yeah, but you can see yourself in her. Exactly. You yeah. see yourself. It's like a rom-com, but with, like, all the extra parts of you neglecting your friends and <laughs> being mean to your parents because you're so obsessed with uh, a significant other. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, like, a very personal movie, and it has a lot of good life advice. Um, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely good. And then, for me personally, I really enjoyed the, um, showing her transition from high school to college. That was definitely a big one, because obviously... That's where we are. That's where we are right now, and it shows 
kind of how you think that once you graduate high school and go to college, everything's going to even out for you. Happily ever after. But it clearly just doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and then one big part of the movie is Lady Bird complaining about living in Sacramento. Yes. And she goes off on this whole thing about how much she hates Sacramento, how boring it is. But then there's a scene near the end where uh, a teacher at her school is like, you write about Sacramento with such care and such love, and it becomes clear all of a sudden that she doesn't hate Sacramento at all. Yeah, she loves it. She's just grown sick of it. Yeah, she's just grown out of it. And that's how I kind of feel about my town. Yeah. Then she goes on this whole monologue near the end about driving through Sacramento and getting kind of emotional and, like, really loving it. And that's just how I feel right now. Yeah, it's very much like you're in your hometown, you can't wait to get out, but then you get out and you realize all the things you didn't really take the time to love the way they deserve to be exactly admired. you really did love the dirty woo yeah you loved mcdonald's <laughs> shout out <Brooklyn>. uber <laughs> um so yeah it's just so we're almost out of time so i'll wrap it up with some of my favorite quotes yes. some serious Please. some not so serious so a good one is just because something looks ugly doesn't mean it's morally wrong it's a great one um <laughs> <laughs> some some funny ones are from Timothy Chalamet's character, oh, Kyle. Beautiful character. Um, a couple that I liked were, that's hella tight. That's hella tight. And also, I'm trying my best to not participate in our economy. <laughs> so stupid. It's a great character. And then lastly, what the quote that really hit me the hardest, uh, some people aren't built happy, you know? Yeah. Very true. It's a very, very beautiful quote that not a lot of people would think about without someone saying it right to your face yeah it makes it it really makes you think it really ties the whole movie together exactly yeah so overall i give it a 4.8 out of five stars and i highly recommend it very highly recommend it it's on amazon Amazon prime Prime. (laughs) so we're it's three o'clock we're at the end of our hour so next week we will be discussing the overwhelming lack of college content and what that means for college students and for high school students so we'll be here friday 2 30 on ec radio we're the flick chicks now take it away frankie